This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. I was out hiking in the rain last night. Boy, was that a good time. I wasn't going to do it, and a buddy of mine that we text back and forth occasionally, who usually end up going out, eh, walking at similar times of day, not always, but usually during the week anyway, usually in the afternoon for me. I'd like to do it in the morning. It just really doesn't doesn't work out for me usually. I don't know. It's not that it never will. Just right now in January, I'm pretty happy with the schedule. But anyway, it, it, was, it was raining pretty steady probably like 45 degrees. And I got a great rain jacket, a fantastic uh, Duluth Trading rain jacket. Really love this thing. But even still with the uh, you know the uh, rain you know, hitting me in the face, I'm pretty chilly out, like feeling like I'm training like a Navy SEAL. You know what I mean? Maybe in my own mind anyway. <laughs> I did a couple miles out there only because my buddy egged me on, long and short of it. He's out there walking his dog. I'm like, I'm putting some miles down, dude. There's a little bit of a difference. He's not worried. Yeah, they're with an umbrella. Probably smoking a, a cigar or something like that. I got a cough drop in my mouth. That's probably kind of annoying. Maybe I don't let this last too long. Got these great cough drops at Fisherman's. So, oh, maybe I have to have here. Yes, I do. What is this? Fisherman's Friend. I got to tell you, best cough drop I've ever had. I'm kind, I think I'm kind of, you know, pretty much on the mend here. Whatever I had. So many people I talked to, same thing. Many weeks of just this heavy, nasty coughing that you can't get it up. Eh, what are you going to do? Yeah, I went to the dentist the other day. Thanks for everybody that gave me a hard time. It wasn't that big of a deal. I wasn't suggesting that I can't go to the dentist and then do a podcast. It was just uh, timing-wise. You know, there's only so much I can do in a day. Can't do everything. I had some personal matters to attend to. Had to get my fangs sharpened. Very important for me. Actually, I hadn't been to the dentist in a while. He's a great guy. He's like, he's like, did you go to a different dentist? I'm like, nah. He's like, are you serious? He's kind of upset with me. But, you know, whatever. I was like, yeah, you know what? I don't like doctors. <laughs> he just kind of looked at me. What do you want me to tell you? I don't like doctors. Tell me, I like my chiropractor. He makes me feel better. You know, but the medical doctors, I, I don't know. And I'm not saying there's not good ones out there. I'm actually getting ready to switch. Actually, on the recommendation of my chiropractor. I was like, I want to go to the guy that my chiropractor goes to. He's like, yeah, sure, go see this guy. So we'll see what goes on. See what happens. So I had a bunch of stories here to talk about. And I don't know that I have them really in, in any particular order at this point. I had to get rid of the cough job there for a little pause. Um, what was I saying? Uh, oh, one of the things that I committed to for New Year's, I mean, you know, resolution, goal, kind of one and the same in, in this regard, but I just wanted to be more positive. You know, it's uh, it was kind of reading into a little bit of David Goggins. I read his book. I forget the name of it now. Not the big one, but a different. It actually wasn't one that he wrote. It was about him. I forget. I probably talked about it on the podcast. I always say I want to do these book reviews. It was a good book. For the most part, got a little got a little too full of the BS at some points. But David Goggins 
He's this Navy SEAL and what they call an ultra athlete. They like these 200-mile marathons and, and stuff like that. Crazy stuff. And uh, I, I can't really say that interests me. It's like it's a little intriguing, but I'm like, don't even think about it. I, I really wouldn't enjoy it. I think it would absolutely destroy me at this point in my life. I, I don't think it would be healthy for me. I really don't to be you know pushing that kind of mileage. I just really have no interest, I don't think. We'll see. Anyway, uh, you know, just get it, kind of understanding the Goggins mindset, really, you know, and his his basic uh, formula, if you will, was he's like, look, when you when you're angry or you're upset, there's a lot of energy there behind that emotion, and how you channel that, it's up to you, right? And it's really kind of interesting when you think about that concept. Really interesting. If you can't control your anger. Which, um, you know, from I don't, an anger problem. Not that I don't get angry, but I don't think I have an anger problem. Although it's funny, when I ask people, do you think, how would you rate my temper on a scale of one to five? They're like, five. I'm like, how can you sit there and say that? Funny how people's perception is different than mine. Don't get me wrong. You know, <laughs> I'm not allowed, I'm not afraid to take a position on something. I think a lot of it has to do with just uh, pure. Um, I don't know, intimidation, insecurity. I'm going to tell you, like, it's intimidating for me. If I had to sit at a table full of guys my size or, or maybe bigger, or certainly if I had to sit at a table as proportionately bigger, you know, than me, than I am the average guy, it would freak me out, <laughs> especially for me because I never experienced that. Every once in a great while I run into somebody taller than me, and it's freaky. When I see somebody, you know, like 6'4", I'm like, I guess I'm 6'6". Six, six. I only said 6'5", but I'm not. I'm like 6'6". Six, six. I don't know why. They had 6'5". Sometimes I'd say 6'5 and a half. That sounds silly, right? I don't know, about 6'6". Six, six. You know, if I've got shoes on, I'm standing whatever, right? 6'7 at that point. And, uh, you know, right now, I'm, I'm less than 260. I'm in the 250s now, I'm happy to say. It's good. I'd like to get down into the 230s. Be a good weight for me. That's where I was last spring. But anyway, I think if, like, you know, for the average person, I mean, I, just, I think they're just kind of like a little nervous just because of the size. I really do. Uh, like I said, I've, I've experienced it myself. It's a little weird. And so that kind of equates to temper, I think. But it's not really true. I'm like the gentle giant. I don't know. Maybe I'm not. Maybe my own self-reflection's well. So anyway, I'm out there hiking in the rain, getting my groove on. I had like a really good uh, playlist going. Not that I put together, but something that I got on YouTube. The other thing that was motivating me, I get this uh, text from my son at uh, 09.43 a.m. 14-mile ruck this morning, 90 pounds, 3 hours, 22 minutes. I'm not actually sure if I believe him. Um, what would that be? Let me do the math on this a second. 14 miles divided by 3.33 miles, three and a third miles. 4.2 miles an hour. That's uh, well under 15 minutes. That's like, I don't know, maybe a 14-minute pace with a 90-pound pack. Keeping that pace for 14 miles, I'm guessing he didn't take a break. That's amazing. 
him and I hiked that same distance, hiking down to Valley Forge, Washington's headquarters, 14 miles. We did it before he left for boot camp two years ago. And uh, I think we did it in about four hours and 15 minutes or something like that. Right, about four hours maybe. We were cooking pretty good. He did it in 40 minutes less carrying that kind of a pack. All we had was water. I was pretty beat up after that. I thought that was a good a good push. So did he. He said he had trouble keeping up. That was then. Now he's got seasoned a little bit. He's ready for combat, I guess. Uh, he's a um, uh, TAC P. And uh, it's like, uh, I, I guess it's like within their special special operations arena. I don't know what the whole relationship there is. But he would be out on frontline teams calling in for fire, basically. Typically air support, but he could call for naval gunfire. He can call for artillery. Interesting, right? So there he is, getting ready to go to his duty station out in Washington State. He's got about, I don't know, another eight weeks of school or something like that. So there he is, out hiking pop. I don't know if I could get the 80-pound pack on my back at this point, let alone keep up with him. That's the workout, by the way. 90-pound ruck. Do that for 90 minutes a day, every day. You're going to get in incredible shape. I, I don't have the time to commit to that. Wouldn't that be fantastic? I'm not sure there'd be anything left of your back and knees, but uh, you'd be in incredible shape. I don't know if you kept your nutrition up and you know did it right, kept yourself healthy, you'd have to work up to it. I don't know. It's a lot. 90 pounds is a lot. That's a human being in some cases. So what's been going on? I'm looking at the news. Here's one. Uh, North Carolina, another power uh, substation was hit down there. I guess they're trying to uh, keep this on the quiet. I don't know who this guy is. Podcaster Sam Harris. If COVID killed more children, there'd be no effing patience for uh, vaccine skeptics. Everyone would have recognized this is not my body, my choice. This is, you're not going to kill my kids with your ignorance. This is just uh, really amazing to me, the veracity that these people would, would speak of. You know, why isn't it people's right to decline the vaccine, let alone uh, all, all the questions? And, you know, here's the bigger thing I, I wanted to mention with this. You know, it's easy to just uh, blab off about this and, you know, maybe this guy knows how to play the game. I'm talking about it. He's on Fox News, right? You know, even if you don't like it, now you know who Sam Harris is, right? Not that I'm going to check it out or what his podcast is about, but here you go, right? He's in the news. I'm not. But how about if people knew the truth? How about if people weren't censored? How about if people were allowed to talk freely there, Sam Harris? And make up their own mind, not you. Is this guy a doctor? What does he know? Nothing. That he. Oh, well, if it was killing your babies, maybe. Is that appropriate? Is that really appropriate? I don't know. Maybe you could say the same thing about communism, socialism, overreaching morons. <laughs> See? They've been staying positive. If this is kind of a big deal, like that, you know, there's a couple things going on in the news that are like. A big freaking deal. Um, if you, you know, I'm staying positive. Uh, you're gonna stay positive. Uh, but 
you know, this deal with the debt ceiling and the war in Ukraine, uh, it sure seems like Russia's winning to me. You know, and then um, what's this? Moscow fears an aerial attack. Russia warns of nukes if defeated. Spy ship, a Russian spy ship sighted off of Hawaii. This is uh, fascinating in like so many ways, right? Like how is this escalating in ways that we might not be imagining? <clears throat> Maybe it's just saber rattling, right? Or posturing up or or whatever. Of course, there's always the, the possibility that the news is complete bunk and that we're being completely misled as well. <laughs> but taking things at any kind of face value, I don't know. What the heck's going on? I really don't know. Doesn't sound good on any front. I don't know why this uh, nuclear war thing keeps coming up. What the hell's the matter with the people? I, I don't think it's something that needs to be continue to be brought up, as if maybe we should try it out and see what happens. Don't think it's a good idea. Then you've got this issue with the uh, debt ceiling. Now, here, too, uh, I look at this situation, and I think, you know, flashing red light situation is dire, dire, dire. Like, you know potentially in the territory of a, a dollar collapse or even if it's short-term collapse. You know, is that exaggerating? I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities. How likely? <laughs> I don't feel like it's highly likely. A possibility? I'm going to say prob- uh, po- yes, a possibility. I had another thought on the whole Ukraine thing, by the way. It certainly appears that, for the most part, Russia is going to use these drones and supersonic missiles to soften targets in Ukraine before they launch land offenses. And and they're targeting infrastructure in the process, which is typical. What would you target? Do you know? If you were going to attack an opposing force, whatever the circumstances, and, you know, what, what would you look to attack, uh, communications, cut off command and control, cut off supply routes, cut off key infrastructure. You got to be careful with things like bridges and tunnels. Are you going to need them at a future date? If you blow up the bridge, you can't use it either. So there's consequences to these things. Um, you know, you, you could use it as a defensive tool, as an offensive tool, right? Now, the United States. Uh, in the most recent conflicts, has really enjoyed broad air superiority. And it's been fantastic. But for whatever reason, that's not available here for Ukraine. Why, why aren't we sending planes? And you know, there's just this unspoken deal. Uh, Russia has not been flying planes over Ukraine. This just seems to kind of be like this no-fly zone that both, but no, that both sides have agreed to, but we're not really are hearing that there's any agreement. Strange, right? Maybe neither side is prepared to take those losses or you know, take on that confrontation. Interesting. So you would want to use whatever means possible to take out the command uh, communications of your enemy, to eliminate their command and control. You would want to target supply routes, uh, key positions, key infrastructure in a very targeted 
methodical way if possible. Now, sometimes you want to create chaos, uh, but in terms of your your battle plan, uh, you want to have this thought out. And I don't think it's a part of every battle plan, but, but I think basically what you see a lot of going on today is this huge, actually ongoing softening of targets between the um, the cyber attacks constantly, right? It's constant prodding, 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 constant spying, trying to steal secrets, right? Constant soft attacks and false alarms, you know, calling in uh, bomb threats to, to bases or whatever. And I'm not saying that any or, or all this is going on. I'm just giving you an example of, you know, how enemy forces can, uh, you know, begin conflicts. doesn't necessarily begin with, certainly not with shots fired on the ground. It doesn't you know, necessarily begin with shots fired at all. You know, maybe you do. You, there's a, a, an accident that cuts off uh, power, power disruption. And uh, all these things serve to weaken, weaken, weaken. You know, a consequential bridge disrupted. Now, that was the attempt that Ukraine tried to do in Russia. We saw that dry up, where the attacks within Russia, and I think there too. I think Russia has agreed to hold back in this or to limit what they use. But they've said there's going to be certain ground rules to this. I don't know. I don't know. But Russia seems to be winning. And my question is, if if that's the tactic, and that's what Russia's doing in their own unique way uh, with the missiles and the drones, why wouldn't the Ukrainians turn around and begin to do the same thing? They really won't attack into a Russia, in, into Russia. I don't know. Where is it all headed? You know, Zelensky's never going to back down. So between the West and Zelensky, it seems to be a commitment to go down with the ship. It's uh, all or nothing. It's, uh, you know, all out destruction or nothing. It uh, really puts a lot of pressure on Russia, I guess. We'll see where it ends up. This uh, debt ceiling thing, you know, it, there's a lot of debt. There's a lot of debt. The dollar, All that debt was supporting global trade, really. I don't think people really understand this. It's not just this debt that we owe. It's it's, it's money in circulation. It's it's a one for one, uh, you know, trade off, debt obligation with one dollar, and, and the problem is now there's nothing to back it to pay it off if you wanted to, and so it's just become this um, regulated uh, currency, fiat currency, really, and the banks have, have super leveraged. Um, the the way they lend to flood the markets with huge amounts of money. The government, which benefits heavily from inflation over the years, over 30 years now, longer. Some of these patterns initiated before that of massive spending, massive spending, and taking on debt year over year over year, my whole adult life, except for one year, Clinton. I hear people talk about that like it's some kind of great deal. Uh, but anyway, uh, I think that right now that this showdown over the debt ceiling, uh, it's a big deal. I think that these uh, radical Republicans are just radical enough to shut it down, to which I say amen. Will there be consequences? Well, I, you got to consider that. you got to consider that. You know, I don't know. I think there's a better way to handle it. How about a structured plan to stop this practice? 
and bring some control to the value of the money, not just what Congress, super-influenced Congress, uh, decides to do on a whim with no real accountability in the process. They're making a mint off it themselves. Remember the other day I was talking about the AI, artificial intelligence? I don't understand artificial intelligence. I understand the data. Remember I said through the steps you went through from um, we went into the digital age, and then came the, um, the data connection and attaching data points to everything, photos. And now with artificial intelligence and the advanced computing behind it, it's incredible what the computer can generate. And I was saying to you that I see these videos on YouTube that I think are completely AI-generated. I think that there's a user that types in a topic and maybe a few other parameters. I've seen similar things firsthand. It generates the script. You know, uh, 1957 Chevy, you know, here's all about it. I want to I want a podcast on 1957 Chevys and like I said, maybe put in other parameters. Hot rods, street rods, whatever you like, right? Now make a podcast. And the AI generate the script, and then they have voices now that can speak really incredibly well. I'm not so sure about the voice receiving, right? But the output now, if you type in the text, it's freaky, right? And then you've got the, 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 the voice for the video, and then, then it'll take that text, it'll attach data points to all the text. And then I'll go find images and videos on the internet that match that. There is an article here. I'll put it in the show notes. Getty Images targets AI firm for copying photos. And this kind of validated my theory that AI is generating these videos. You are going to see an explosion. This is going to change everything. It's happening so fast with the technology. I really want to get on top of it. I, I think this is an era that uh, not many people are going to move into the way they have in the past with uh, computers and electronics, and it's going to be missed opportunities by far. It's going to be interesting to watch either way, right? Big uh, Biden's big government getting bigger, reaching further into people's lives. It's sickening what we've allowed, really. Um... The Peter Principle, what is this? They're talking about uh, this Jean-Claude Pierre. Proof of the, oh, Peter Principle and Competence, I remember now. So, uh, you know, this White House spokeswoman, they're saying now that nobody likes her, even Democrats. Uh, I see a little Obama puppet. Uh, what I see what appears to be her reading scripts that Obama is likely writing or at least finalizing. And she just reads, you know, just read what I write. Why didn't she just do the earpiece thing? Well, then Obama would have to be, they'd pull himself off the beach. I get it now. At least he can just do it in the evening, right? Put the kids to bed. I'll tell you what you you're going to tell the American people there, Jean-Claude. <laughs> I, can't, I can't come up with something off the cuff that, that, that he would BS about. Good God. Well, here's why we need to reduce guns. Here's why we need better, better gun laws. And, and Republicans will be the first one to tell you, you know? Go out, go out and Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> I don't know. 
He'd give you some BS for anything. I mean, he could sell ice to an Eskimo, this guy. So he writes the script and the uh, little puppet, I don't know, maybe he uh, has his hand up or you know what. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> uh, I just think she looks like little Professor Obama. Uh, I don't know. She's supposed to be a gay, lesbian, uh, I don't know. But I think, I, I see a dude. He looks like a little dude there to me. Who knows? The Peter Principle is, uh, you know, people get uh, promoted to their first level of incompetence. You know, they'll keep getting promoted up because they did a good job, not really considering whether they can do a good job at the next level. Well, sometimes it's going to work, sometimes it's not for a variety of reasons. And I'm a big believer, I don't know, if you uh, manage people or own a business or anything like that, and uh, you want to, I don't even know that it really necessarily just involves that. It just be systems, things you're doing on your own even. But, you know, say the process is discuss or think about it, I guess, if it's yourself. Test it and reassess it and go through that process as many times as you have to. It just keeps doing the same stupid thing over and over again because it seemed like a good idea in the beginning. That would be a lot like me. <laughs> Not really. I try to learn from my mistakes, even if it's the fourth or fifth time. I don't know, Jean-Claude Pierre, she's not learning anything. She's just reading, and it's not going well. Uh, can you explain how Biden said that it was so irresponsible to leave you know, classified documents laying around? And uh, here he is doing the same thing. Peter, as I've already explained, this president takes classified information very seriously. And we have fully cooperated with the Justice Department. Yeah, it's clear that Biden's all smug with the Justice Department. That's good news, right? Nothing anybody knew there. A lot of people complain on Twitter about the continued shadow banning, by the way. Hasn't gone away. Uh, People are abandoning pets at airports. Uh, I can't believe it when I read something like that. I really can't. Uh, You know, you hear me talk about the dogs, and the dogs are dogs, and we're not. And you've got to establish boundaries. I want to tell you, make sure, I maybe I told you. We love the heck out of our dogs. They get quite a bit of attention. Well overfed, trust me. A hell of a lot of playtime. Constantly chucking them balls. So they live a pretty nice life. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to sound like I'm some kind of like uh, cruel to animals because I'm not. I love animals. And uh, maybe you heard me tell this story. Little baby bird fell in my old house. It fell out of the nest. I couldn't, it like bothered me. I picked the thing up, but I couldn't resurrect it, you know? There's only so much you can do once it gets to that point. And I'm like, I myself, this is funny. Why does it bother me? I'm the kind of guy who picks the worms up off the driveway after it rains. Why let them die, I say, you know? So anyway, this idea of people leaving their pets at the airport saying, what the hell's the matter with you? Why would you, why would you do that? I And, you know, this whole... Thing with you know the support animals and stuff. Talk about something getting out of hand, right? When they said, right, "Listen, we really need everybody to make accommodations for the seeing eye dogs." Okay, you know that's something I can get behind. You know the guy, the the the, the bomb blew up in his face in a, in Iraq, and he can't see, and now he's got a seeing eye dog. Yeah, I can get behind that. I'm willing to I'm willing to deal with a little hair and my coffee on the airline to help this guy out. I'm willing to deal with a bark or two. I mean, I've even pet the thing. I don't know. You know, I'm sure there's other circumstances. But then I went to emotional. So, well, I have anxiety. Okay. We all have some. What do people do? They have severe anxiety. Well, I got PTSD. Well, then you get, then, okay. So we, we get through all that. And then it's, you know, and then we're like, well, this is my emotional support snake. 
That's a little strange. Now, it's possible, like these geckos. I think my daughter's kind of attached to these geckos. Is that strange? A little bit. She's a little strange with these things. But, you know, this is the way people are. She's an animal lover. A little freaky about it at times. But we love her, you know. She's eight years old. I'm an animal lover. She loves animals. She loves her geckos. I don't know if I'm ready to love the geckos, but they're cool little creatures. Yeah, we love them. I wouldn't leave it at the airport. How do people do that? You know, to me, it just it represents the absolute ugliest side of America. You know, the filthy robbers and murderers and rapists. You know, they're horrible, decrepit, evil-spirited human beings mostly. But this is another level lower, in my opinion, in some ways. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know. China, population drop. This is significant. The balance of power in the world is shifting. It's shifting to India and Africa. And I guess, to some extent, Latin America. You're going to see, as these uh, populations continue to spread, as the populations in the United States and Russia and China continue to contract and uh, who knows what that's going to result in many different things I would say oh I got out of order here I said I didn't have this very well organized Microsoft plans to build open AI capabilities into all products this is huge huge I actually think I was actually just getting ready to get rid of my Microsoft products honest to goodness we have uh, the family my, you know, I, we have the whole Office Pro uh, between my wife's work and school and, uh, you know, projects I'm involved in. We get the Office Pro. We have five licenses for the house, which we use, I think, three of them right now. And it also comes with Microsoft Online, which is great because everything's available on the cloud now. People are leery of that. I love it. I don't keep everything on the cloud. Don't get me wrong. But most of my stuff is on online. Uh, databases, notebooks, notebooks with databases like going on. Anyway, uh, I've been uh, really playing around with the Google products. I like Google Keep and um, Google's, uh, you know, word processor and spreadsheet and, um, you know, slideshow maker are really fantastic. Really, really fantastic. And, um, you know, I've used the Microsoft suite a long, long time. Uh, Excel, things like that. Yeah, but, you know, it's kind of weird. But I, I'm finding Google, I really like it. It's seamless. And I can just, I guess the, the difference now is I don't just work in one location at one computer. Not even here within the studio. I've got two set up. So, um, and you can access it online. And that, anyway, Microsoft is like mimicking Google's interface. They updated it. And it's kind of interesting. Uh, but the Google still performs better on the phone. Uh, but I may be switching from my iPhone as well. So, and I was like, if if, if Microsoft does this, they may go, um, you know, to back to a phone option again. Anyway, it's kind of funny turnaround because I was really getting uh, lukewarm on on Microsoft at the point I was thinking about getting away from it. Now here with this news about building in the AI, uh, I have to research to see if Google is, but uh, that'll make me hold on. To be to be honest, it really will. Uh, I don't know if this is nerdy talk for you. Maybe you'd rather talk about the hike and the rain. Uh, but I'm at the point in my life where my son's hiking circles around me. I don't think I really want to talk about it anymore. Uh, here's Biden. Uh, listen to this. This is a 
a meet the press um, that Joe Biden did. I don't know the date, but uh, listen to, to this. Uh, what happened there? All right, we didn't have it teed up properly, uh, but I'm going to get it teed up properly for you, and we we'll get this in a handbasket. We are hold on. The world's going to Hades in a handbasket. We are desperately concerned about the circumstance relating to uh, avian flu. We don't have enough vaccines. We don't have enough police officers. And we're going to debate the next three weeks, I'm told, gay marriage, a flag amendment, and God only knows what else. I can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law. The Defense of Marriage Act, where we've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman, and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. What's the game going on here? And- wow. <laughs> I, um, I got to tell you, I'm a little skeptical if that's authentic. However, if it is, uh, the best I've ever heard Joe Biden. Can you believe that? I don't know. What are you going to do? I want to tell you a little something here as we head into the weekend. I know it's off for a couple of days, and I appreciate you working with me. And um, I want to just share a little something with you. You know, uh, I, I like taking this time of year to just really work on myself to make up for the abuse that I put myself through the end of the year, which I'm telling you, I hope I commit to this. You know, it's easy to say, I, I let myself put on like 30, a good 30 pounds, and I would not do that again. 35, 35 really. It didn't come all, all at once, but I'm like, I can't let the swings go that high, even at my size. You know, I think it's okay. Your weight goes up and down a little bit, but it's just too much, you know, to cycle my body through that. And I think part of it is that I've become so proficient at taking it off, uh, but it still doesn't mean that it's healthy. Um, but as I work through that process, it's really very much a, a cleansing for me and a rebuilding. And like I said, the reason for that is that I build building that physical foundation. My legs feel strong. My hips feel strong. My he- head feels, feels clearer. I'm staying outside despite that it's January. The weather's here nice. It makes it easy. But there's two things that I wanted to tell you. You know, if your goal is getting better, your goal is moving your life forward, whatever. I'm 52. You know, the way I look at moving my life forward today isn't the same as it was when I was 30 or 32. And it won't be the same at 62. And it won't be the same at 72. And I'll reassess all that. But I, and I want to be constantly moving in that direction. And speaking of which, a big part of what I'm laying the foundation for, really, with all this talking about talk, you know, walking and getting in shape and keeping my weight in check, is that I want to be 72 and still walking. I'm going to be, what am I going to be, 67, I think, or 66. My daughter graduates high school. You know, I like to stick around for a little while. I don't want it to be uh, tied down to a chair or in a bed or you're worse, right? I want to be strong. And you can stay strong. You stay strong easily in your late 70s and eat right and, and do the right thing. You know, it's going to look different than it did at, at 30, right? I know that. But staying physically strong, it's as important at this point in my life as ever is the way I look at it. Am I going to be perfect at it? No. You know, um, 
last night was tempting. I just, for whatever reason, uh, I've been working hard, I think, and I got hungry. I've been keeping my calories. Well, I actually viewed that as a healthy thing. And my body's body's burning, body's burning, but physically able. All right, if I want to get better to position myself as best I can uh, as I get older so that I can enjoy my retirement, that I can enjoy my late life, and to me, that means being outside and being active and, and being together with the people that I love, being physically able, and then mentally and emotionally willing, right? So that part of my health is important as well. I find, you know, Tony Robbins would tell you, you know, get your mindset right, and then you can work to get physically better or vice versa. I found that, you know, just putting my head down work kind of to the um, David Goggins thing. It's just like, I don't feel right. You know, I'm not happy. And I don't always want to be happy, quite frankly. Right now, I happen to be pretty doggone happy. I'm pretty happy about that. But in practical terms, here's what I'm talking about. Two simple things I want you to think about. Habits and your self-talk, your attitude, right? What are you doing every day? I'm not judging you. But if you're eating a bowl of ice cream before you go to bed every night, it's going to add up, my friend. And likewise, everything has its consequences, and you need balance in your life. And, you know, four or 500 calorie bad habit a day, especially if it's sugar-laden, you'd be surprised at the, at the destruction that that can do. Be surprised uh, what that did to your metabolism, your, your hormones, your insulin levels, and how that affects so many other things tied to your physical health, your mental health. Hey, you want to live and feel the best, you got to think about those things, your habits and your attitude. God willing, I'll see you back on Sunday. Hope to see you there. Make it a great day. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.